Hey, what's up guys? Real Good Podcast. Uh, gonna do a little solo story today, so uh, let's get right into it. Um, so I'm gonna tell you guys a few, just like a combination of a few stories that went on when I was at the the all-black college or all-black university. And uh, yeah, so let's let's go ahead and get to it. Um, the first one was uh, one day I come out of my um, my dorm room. You know, I had my own room, and uh, you know there was like a little hallway outside your door. So there was some wild crap that went on outside that hallway. I gotta say, there was always loud music, always people running around laughing, doing whatever. I don't know. And uh, one day I open up my door, and there's freaking barbecue sauce. Like a glob of barbecue sauce just sitting right outside my door, like inches away from my door. And uh, it's like, who the freak puts the barbecue sauce there? God, I mean, way to live up to your stereotypes, okay? Um, it, it took forever to go away because I wasn't going to clean it up. I was like, F this. I'm not cleaning up some bullcrap barbecue sauce. So uh, I left it there, and eventually, like, the once-a-month janitor came by and cleaned it up, and, you know, that was that. Uh, next story. Uh, <laughs> so there was one time when, uh, I, you know, we had a community shower, which, if you could imagine, a community shower in uh, that school is going to get pretty freaking gross, and boy, did it get gross. Um, one day I went in there to take a shower... And, you know, you all have to shower together. So I'll do my best to make sure nobody was in there because, good gosh, it was awkward. So I, I went in there one day and there was freaking diarrhea all over the shower. I mean, it looked like somebody just went in there and exploded. Just shot all over the wall, all over the, the floor. And it was just like, what do we do? So the showers, you know, I wasn't going to take a shower until somebody cleaned that up. And nobody seemed to think it was that big of a deal. I mean, nobody was showering. That's for dang sure. Nobody on that floor probably showered for a couple of days. But uh, it's like, come on, dude. You're a full-grown adult, man. Don't crap in the shower. And it's different if it's a turd. But it was diarrhea and it was everywhere. It was like a, as if a, like a hippo had gone on there. And you know how hippos crap. It was similar to that, and uh, you, you know the janitor was pissed off. <laughs> Probably questioned the entire black community, and uh, good gosh. So yeah, that, uh, that was a disgrace. Um, let's see, what else, what else? Uh, there was, uh, oh, there was one time when I heard a, uh, one of my, uh, teammates on the football team, they were talking, it was the beginning of the uh, semester, uh, just after the summer, and they were talking about getting girls or whatever, and there was this big black guy, uh, golly, I forget his name, he had one of those, you know, classic names for big black guys, and uh, yeah, so he was talking uh, with another guy about getting girls, and, and this fat black guy, I mean, he was zero attractive, so it was just like, you know, if he, if he gets a girl, it's going to be a gross girl, or he's going to have to, like, force it to happen or whatever. So they were talking, and he was like, man, I'm going to get so much this semester, blah, 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 and he was like, and uh, man, if I don't, if they don't want it, 
F it, man. I'm going to make them get it. I'm going to force them to get it. And it's like, oh, wow. Just casually talk about rape, why don't you? Jeez Louise, man. Uh, so, yeah, I overheard a guy pretty much bragging about how he's going to rape a girl this semester. Um, oh, man. Uh, see, what else happened there? Uh, I had a, uh, a professor there who was actually a white guy. And, uh, which, you know, wasn't super common for that university. There was probably, like, two, maybe four white professors at the university. And, uh, I had this one guy, his name was Mr. Bourgeois. And he was like, (laughs) I guess he was from, like, French descent or whatever. And he was, like, uh, he was pretty much just, like, a total hippie stoner. Uh, who I think still did smoke weed. But he was, uh a little older, probably like in his mid fifties, maybe, yeah, maybe 60 at oldest. And, uh, yeah, his class was a complete joke. It was a literature class. You would never have exams or anything. Like there was never any kind of testing. All you would do is just go in there. And there was like three or four people in the class and everybody in the class was super chill. Like it was me and like two or three other black people. And everybody was super chill. Cause they knew, well, daggum, man, if we give the guy what he wants, a.k.a. good conversation about bullcrap, the dude's never going to test us, and we're going to get good grades in this class. So F it. Let's just play along with his little game that he does. So he would open up every class and just, like, be chilling out and, you know, talking about crap. And he would bring up, like, maybe a relevant thing that has recently gone on, uh, maybe in the news or something. Maybe it's a conspiracy theory. Uh, And he would go on, I kid you not, at times for, like, 30 minutes and the class was like an hour long. So once he's done talking about the opening, you know, bullcrap conversation about conspiracy theories, uh, he was like, oh, God, oh, man, guys, God, we got carried away. We really need to start the lesson. So then when the lesson started, he would, <laughs> he would pretty much like, you know, pick and choose little things from the literature story or whatever it was. And uh, just take like a super in-depth uh, approach on everything. And before you knew it, you covered, like, one sentence of the book, and that was, like, your class. And nothing really got done. Now, don't get me wrong. The guy was incredible. Like, I freaking loved that guy. He was probably top three professors. Maybe he maybe is number one throughout my entire six years in university. So I freaking loved the guy, but, man, he was classic. And, the you know, the black people, it's like, okay, he's chill and easy. Yeah, I'll just go right on in there. I had the same mindset about it, too. It was freaking chill. And, uh, you know, that normally for me would be a difficult class because it's like, you know, literature, uh, literature two, whatever. It's pretty in-depth crap where you got to do a bunch of reading of a bunch of bull crap. And, uh, oh, yeah, he made it fun. He made it chill. So, yeah, definitely enjoyed that class. Um, Let's see. What else? What else? Anything else? I'm trying to think of some crazy... uh, Oh, oh, okay, so this is one. Um, well, no. Um, anything crazy going on, on the football field? Uh, ooh, I don't think I got anything there. Let me see. Let me try to dig up one more story, because I have a lot of stories from this school, but a lot of them are long, and, you know. Oh, okay, so here's one. Uh, I was super freaking poor, and... Um, in college, or at least when I was at that college, because I had no job. I was on the football team, so I had the scholarship, 
And it paid for my living, my food, and, you know, the tuition, a lot of the tuition. So I was just thinking, you know, okay, I don't need money because I eat for free. I live for free. I go to school for free pretty much. So, yeah, no point in having a job. Well, the problem uh, came up is I had zero money. So, like, if I wanted to leave the university and go to the city or, you know, do whatever, um, I need to have at least a little bit of money. But I had, like, nothing because I had no income whatsoever and nobody was giving me money. So, uh, so yeah, I got desperate. And there was this one point where I was out in the city with a little bit of gas uh, in my motorcycle that I had. And, uh, yeah, so I was at, like, a shopping mall just, you know, hanging out or whatever. And a dude from my university that I had a few classes with, he, uh, he saw me. He's like, oh, yo, Pat, man, what's up, bro? I was like, oh, hey, hey, man, what's up? So, you know, he was real friendly with me in my classes, and I felt like I knew the guy decently. Um, he drove, like, really nice cars, so he'd be in, like, a brand-new Mercedes or, you know, some kind of BMW, Jaguar, or something like that. And uh, so I just assumed, oh, this guy's probably, I, I guess, I don't know how, but I guess he's rich. I don't know. He drives nice cars. And uh, he saw that I was on my motorcycle and was like, oh, man, dude, let me drive that, man. I was like, uh... Oh, golly, man, I don't know. I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, I don't know. Have you driven before? He's like, oh, yeah, man, of course, man. I've driven uh, you know, motorbikes before, whatever. I was like, all right. And, uh, but, you know, I was desperate. I didn't have any money. So I barely had enough gas to get back to the university. So I was like, all right, man. Um, how about you pay me, like, I don't know, uh, a few bucks, maybe like three or four dollars, so then I can get some gas after this and go back to my university. I was like, if you pay me like three or four bucks, uh, I'll let you drive it, you know, to the end of the street and back. And then, yeah, whatever. We'll call it even. She was like, oh, yeah, man, no, no problem. No problem. So he actually, he gave me the three or four dollars before the ride. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Uh, so I knew then I had the guy's money. I was desperate. I seriously might not have made it back without that money. So I was like, all right, go, go for it, dude. So he's like in a parking lot with a ton of cars and crap. Uh, which, by the way, this was a nice area. It was like a really rich, wealthy, established area. And uh, he's like, oh, how, how do you do this? And as soon as he gets on the bike, he's asking, how do you do it? If you've ever driven a motorcycle, you know, you got the clutch, you got the, uh, the little, um, yeah, the little gear changer thing or whatever. So you got to know, you know, but, uh, you should at least know how to do that if you've said you've driven a motorcycle before. And when he was like, how do you do this? I was like, oh, good gosh. But I still, you know, he had paid the money. So I was like, F it, he's got to drive him. So I was like, uh, yeah, dude, you, come on, man. You know, put the gear down, slowly let off the clutch. Don't give it too much gas. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it. And he was like really close to a car. And sure enough, total amateur mistake. I should have seen it coming. He, uh, he like gives it too much effing gas or something. And he lets go of the clutch too quick. And it just, like, shoots into a car. And I was like, oh, my gosh, dude. And it just, like, it bent the frame of my motorcycle. So the motorcycle was, like, had a bent frame after that. The front wheel was, like, all balanced and crap. Uh, the whole thing was just jacked up. I mean, and it, it was a big problem. It was, like, the frame. It wasn't some, oh, he bent... Some little thing that's going to cost like 50 bucks to fix. No, it was like the whole daggum thing was pretty much done for. So I was like, oh my gosh, dude. 
Uh, and then the car, of course, had like some bullcrap uh, scratches on it from where the motorcycle hit it. And I was like, F, dude, I cannot pay for this crap. And he's sitting there thinking, F, dude, I can't pay for this crap. And I was like, well, I know I'm going to get drugged into this. So F it, let's just leave. So we just drove off down the road. Uh, and then we were going to figure out what was going to go on down there. So when we get down the road, we look at my bike and we're like, you know, examining everything. He's like, oh man, I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. Don't, don't even worry, man. I'll fix this for you. I'll pay for it. Whatever. It's not a big deal. And, uh, so I'm, at this point, I'm actually kind of trusting the guy. I was like, oh, F it. You know, he says he's going to pay for it. I guess I'll pay for it. He's got nice cars. He seems to be wealthy. I trust him. So sure enough, he's like, just go get examined. Uh, see how much the people say it's going to cost to fix, and then I'll just give you that money or whatever. I'll tell my insurance company or whatever, and uh, we'll get it going. I was like, all right, cool. So, you know, I try my best to find a place that's going to get it, uh, you know, how much it's going to cost to fix. I can't find any place because it's freaking America, and they, and they don't do anything with motorcycles ever. So, uh, so yeah, I, um, I can't really find a, a proper number, and... I just kind of have to tell him, like, look, dude, I can't find a freaking place. I can't find anybody that's saying that it's going to cost X amount, amount of dollars to fix. So I was like, just give me some money and we'll, we'll we'll call it even or whatever. Like, you know, like a settlement or whatever. So I was like, I came up with a pretty realistic number. I think I threw, like, maybe 300 bucks. I was like, 300 bucks. The whole freaking bike's bent. It was a pretty decent bike. I mean, it was like a Kawasaki Ninja 2006. It was decent. I spent like 3000 on it maybe, so I was like, you know, uh, 300 bucks to freaking, I mean, come on, that's not, not a lot of money. So he's like, oh yeah, man, I get you, I get you, I get you, don't worry about it, I ain't got the money now, I'll go to the ATM, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, you know, I find after that, when I said, okay, pay me the money, he was trying to avoid me at all costs, like uh, he would never, when he would see me on campus, you would just see him like turn the other way, this, that, the other, whatever, just avoiding me. And I was like, this mother effer is going to not pay me. I know this mother effer is going to not pay me. So then uh, I had like one last chance to see him one day before I uh, I went, uh, like the semester was going to be over. I was like, dude, if I don't get him now, it's not going to happen. And I knew at this point there was like a 5% chance I'd actually get the money. So I approached him and he's in his little car with like talking to some girls. And I was like, hey, dude, are you going to give me my money? Today's like the last day I can get the money. So, can you do that for me? And he's like, hey, man, you know I got you, bruh. Hey, I'm going to go to ATM later then, man. I'll be back later, man. We can uh, connect. I'll give you the money, whatever. I was like, all right, we'll go to the ATM, man, because we don't have much time left. And he kept me like, hey, man, hey, hey, I got you. You know I got you. I was like, all right, dude, we'll get it. So then, sure enough, later that day, I see him again. I'm like, dude, did you go to the ATM? Hey, man, hey, dude, bruh. And then he does this, and this is what they all freaking do, man. He says, hey, man, it ain't that big of a deal, bro. Hey, it ain't that big of a deal. Like, oh, why are you making a big deal out of this? Like, oh, it's not even, you know, I barely even bit the bike. It's like, dude, must y'all all do this? F, man. I knew this crap was going to happen. Just going to, last minute, when he realizes, oh, it's do or die at this point, he's just going to, oh, it ain't going to happen, man. It ain't that big of a deal. Why are you making such a big deal out of this? And it's like, oh, my gosh. So, sure enough, didn't get any money from the guy. Sure enough, didn't see the guy ever again. And uh, my bike was effed. 
Later on, I sold the bike for some bullcrap price, and uh, yeah, got screwed on that one. So, don't trust people like that. That's the moral of the story. And uh, even if you're desperate, and boy was I desperate. So pretty much, I got my bike wrecked um, for about four dollars to get some gas money. That's how desperate I was. Uh, pretty pathetic. So that's it for this episode, guys. Uh, sorry, it was a little bit all over the place. There wasn't really a solid story in there, but uh, see you next time on Real Good Podcasts.